Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the deck. Hello and welcome to episode 190 of the KaijuCast, a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle and this is the late and first episode of December 2016. Actually, things did get a little crazy for me here this month. If you've ever seen one of those like uh, movies or TV shows that has a trope where someone brings over a gigantic stack of work and just dumps it right on the co-worker's desk... I feel like that unfortunate coworker with like way too much to do. So unfortunately, this had to get like kind of juggled around. Originally, I had planned on releasing an interview, um, but that still needs a little bit of massaging and work added to it. So I'm just going to switch things around. And this episode is a yak attack, and I recorded it last week with Brian and Rachel. Originally, there was supposed to be a little bit of a larger group here, but Portland's out of character weather really messed things up. Normally, I love the snow, but last week. Not so much. Uh, so for newer listeners, yak attacks are basically just a conversation, you know, almost entirely unedited and most importantly, uncensored. So this one will be explicit instead of clean. I don't think we really tried to push any boundaries on that front, though. Anyway, since we had to do this last minute scramble thing, we'll play a quick track from the archives here called Jet Jaguar from the Nick Adams and then dive right into the yak attack. Yeah. 
It's a yak attack, you guys. Yak attack. Yak attack. And that means that my good friends Brian and Rachel are here. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. It's been too long. I know. It's been a long time. And I basically just wanted to do this because we, A, haven't had a yak attack in a little while. Uh, B, you know, there's just kind of some stuff going on. And I wanted a little more content for the month, obviously. Uh, And then... uh, there are definitely some subject matters that I want to cover with you guys. Light stuff, light stuff, but still worth discussion, I think. Uh, so it is Christmas time. It is mid-December, technically a little after mid-December because I'm like running late with everything this month. Typical Christmas stuff, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but yeah, I haven't I haven't had a chance to talk to you guys about a bunch of things. Has anybody posted the Godzilla Christmas tree to your guys' walls yet? <laughs> Not yet, which is a little bit surprising, I guess. Um, Usually I see a lot more of it this time of year, but I I guess I haven't been on Facebook as often lately, so maybe that's part of it. Um, Before you go on, I applaud you removing yourself at any (laughs) level from Facebook. (laughs) I I wish I could actually kind of delete Facebook at this point. I just... It's almost just like too much of a time suck for one, which has always been a time suck, but like with the whole political climate things got really out of hand this year and 2016 in addition to the rest of the crap that 2016 has uh, has given us mm. right facebook definitely wasn't weighs, helping <laughs> way, it does yeah it doesn't help and definitely weighs heavily on my heart yeah sometimes. i'm gonna go expand go ahead and expand that to the internet has been that way sure, <laughs> for sure. a while it, it's been uh it's it's been rough, so to put it lightly. Um, um, so spe- yeah. speaking of rough, this is a yak attack. So for Lou, for Lou, for Lou, if you're listening, <laughs> for new oh, listeners out there, yak attacks are basically we haven't done that many of these episodes. They're basically a whatever goes. We try and even kind of don't even really edit it. It's basically like hanging out with the Kaiju Cast guys, which means that we swear. So this is an explicit episode. So oh, shit. If, uh, if there you if you have little kids, <laughs> there's your one second warning before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, Sorry. You, hopefully you haven't scarred any little children, Rachel. I know they'll never hear that word <laughs> except for that one time I said it. That only time ever. Damage anyway, for life. So Christmas stuff. Have you guys seen the uh, the Christmas? Mm-hmm. You've seen the Christmas Godzilla Christmas tree, of course. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 oh yeah, I love it. I think it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I that's, but yeah, I haven't really seen it much this year, um, but that's partly just due to lack of exposure to anything. Sure. Yeah, I, I have a lot of people share it to my wall every nice. year. I, actually, yeah. a lot of hardcore Godzilla fans, it gets shared to their walls every year, yeah, sure. and some people are pretty shitty about it. They're like, <laughs> "Yep, I've already seen it." But on a, I, I don't. I feel like if somebody's like goes out of their way to be like, "Hey, did you see this? This is awesome!" I know. You should be like, "I have seen it. it. Is it is awesome?" I love it when random people that I haven't kept in touch with very much over the years, but I happen to be Facebook friends with them, think of Godzilla and think of me, and they sent put something on my wall, and I'm like, "Oh wow, hey, that so and so is you know thinking of me. That's cool. Like I dig it. I dig it I all the fun. time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I never get tired of people sharing that with me. I never get tired of any of the other seasonal Godzilla things that always get shared, like the Easter bunny uh, Godzilla eating the peeps, you know? Oh, like, sure. Those are yeah. Always awesome, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, 
have you guys done anything cool for Christmas this year? I'm not real. I'm having trouble getting into the Christmas spirit, um, to be perfectly honest. We, we haven't done a ton. I, I put up lights and, um, and I, uh, and I put up a tree. I was very excited. I got, um, these bulbs for my tree right after Halloween when they were on sale. I got some bulbs that are black with, um, glittery skeletons and then also some ones with skulls and then black cats and cat eyes. And they're all pretty awesome. And Sounds I'm very like excited. Halloween. So. Halloween, Halloween kind of themed Christmas tree. Yeah, because mm. I love stuff like that. So um, so that was exciting. Um, so my tree's up with that. And I tediously had to take all my the pre-lit lights that came on my tree that I bought about four years ago finally died. So there's about 8 million clips that they used to put the <laughs> lights on that I am too cheap to buy another tree. And so I painstakingly pulled all the stupid lights off of those darn clips and my fingers hurt so bad by the end of it but I got red lights instead this year to put on because it looks awesome the red and black looks very cool so any giant monster things on your tree um the only giant monster things I have on there I could say that would qualify sort of is the rancor from Star Wars the return of the Jedi and as I put my nerd glasses on, I, I can also tell you that at one exactly. point, a guy in Rancor was going to be a suitmation puppet. So, right. <laughs> so it counts. Is but, that, that's yeah. really what I was getting at there. It's true. Yeah. That's why I was saying, yeah, it does kind of count. I like that um, you had to but, do the voice here. I know. <laughs> that's my whole, I have to preface things all the yeah. time. Let me, let me dive into the subject that you're not going to yeah. have any idea what I'm talking about until... <laughs> I do that too. It's it's, it's my way of being like, warning, I know a lot about this subject and I'm a nerd. So here we go. Prepare to turn your ears off. Here's a nerd voice. Here's a nerd voice. I should have like five or six so that it, <laughs> it surprises people every time. But uh, yeah, we don't have a lot of stuff. Previously, we've taken basically any red or green Godzilla figures like truly red truly green and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll put them downstairs at, you know as decoration yeah give them a little scarf or a little hat and make them you know <laughs> festive uh but last year so every year we get these we get an ornament it doesn't have to be anything special it's just an ornament that lady kyle and i kind of are getting so we have a, a collection of christmas ornaments that will remind us of our own relationship essentially uh so the first year we got a pickle Oh yeah, Sweet. the pickle. Do you say do you do the pickle tradition or just ha- fun having a pickle ornament on your tree? I I think it's just fun having a pickle ornament on the tree because we didn't do that when I was a kid. But mm-hmm. apparently, Lady Kyle, I think her family did the pickle thing. Oh so. okay, my family did it too. Okay, so. right on. Yeah. So uh, and then we also got a Kermit the Frog. Kermit I saw that one frog. on your tree. Yeah, that's yep. great. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what some of the other ones have been, but this year earlier on, I got this. Uh, I, we went to. This year, earlier in the year, I went to Monster Mania, and while I was at Monster Mania, the convention in uh, Philadelphia, there was a guy there doing hand-painted Christmas ornaments. And I was like, dude, these are awesome. He had a massive one that was all painted like Destroy All Monsters. Oh, cool. I mean, it was expensive. It deserved to be expensive because he's sitting there hand-painting these things. Mm -hmm. But I got a Bride of Frankenstein for her. And a Godzilla one for me. Those so, are awesome. So, yeah, I think it's nice. technically it's like the 1968 suit, technically speaking. But uh, you forgot rad. to do a nerd voice when you said that? I believe technically it was a 1968 Godzilla <laughs> from Destroy All Monsters. But I, I can't be positive because it doesn't really 
uh, identify with those features of the costume. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just, love it. He took some artistic liberties on that. There's definitely some licensing going on there, not from Toho. <laughs> Hi-yo. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, we've got a big uh, – Tiger and I are actually heading to South Carolina to see my folks for Christmas. So ah, we'll be soon, right. unfortunately. I didn't get any of the – um. I didn't get the American Greetings or Carlton. I can't remember who makes it now, but they actually they do a Godzilla ornament every year. Oh yeah, I've seen those. Uh-huh. And like, I want to say like the past two or three years, they've been not great, and I've mm. been kind of like not re- not really motivated to buy them. Um, yeah, because you know, it's one thing if I'm if I'm trying to have the entire collection, but I'm not yeah. really trying to have the entire collection of Christmas ornaments. I've got enough. But you saw the tree downstairs. That thing's mm-hmm. teeny tiny. I don't think yeah. it's going to support the weights of the Godzilla ornaments. <laughs> yeah, probably so not. I'm leaving them up here on the shelf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you guys doing anything cool for Christmas this year? Uh, no, just just oh, hanging yeah. out at home. Just um, we just got our my in laws Brian's parents just sent us um a new crock butt kind of thing. A slow um, cooker. Yeah. Slow cooker. It's like ninja three in one oven slow cooker combo deal it looks pretty cool um but that sounds uh, way fancier than my yeah. regular slow yeah cooker. exactly that's what i say it's not just a slow cooker it's <laughs> it's a fancy fancy thing yeah a ninja thing um so we will probably do some sort of pot roast in that try cool. it out cool yeah i yep. like making chili in mine oh nice, nice. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. that's always a good one mm-hmm. yep but uh, but yeah, no, just gonna hang out at home and watch movies. We like to do it up with Christmas movies like Die Hard and Gremlins. Yeah. Oh my god, I saw the coolest Die Hard Christmas ornament that somebody made. Have you seen this? It's I think like I have, yeah. it's oh, I like seen a it. silver box, mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh. With the the front that faces you as you're walking up to the tree is open, so it's silver on the yeah. inside. Uh, and on the inside they have a still. Of John McClane crawling through the air vents. Oh the yes, where and it's sort of like bent, mm-hmm. in, and so it actually looks like he's legitimately yeah. crawling <laughs> towards you. That's <laughs> like, awesome. Totally like, come on by, we'll have a few laughs. I don't know all the quotes <laughs> for that movie, but yeah, yippee ki yay, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah, uh, I, you know, actually, that's probably one of my favorite Christmas movies aside from Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. It'd be cool if there was a more Christmassy kaiju film. Yeah. Son of Godzilla. Son of Godzilla snows. Yeah, you know. It is snowing in Gamera 2. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you could cobble together the best scenes with snow. It'd be like a five-minute thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Here's my Christmas compilation. Everybody watch it for Christmas. That was another nerd voice I've been working on for the past 30 seconds. Good job. I think you nailed it. it. Yeah. Nailed it. We're getting a lot of variety. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. what else has been going on? Um, I went to Crafty Wonderland. My sister came out to visit, and um, and Crafty Wonderland's a big craft show here in Portland that they do at the convention center. That is the most incredible craft show you will ever go to. Like it, I was used to back in Colorado. I would go to craft shows because I love doing crafts. And it was pretty much mostly old ladies all doing the same thing, like a lot of like pretty bad like Christmas ornaments that were put together with like, I don't know, corn cobs or something. It's just awful, awful stuff. Just all, really bad. All the old lady listeners of the Kaiju cast just switched it off. Like, Whoa, <laughs> I enough know. of her. I know. <laughs> 
Um, but it was just a really corny stuff I used to see. <laughs> I'm just loving the idea that we have like a contingent of old lady listeners. I know. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And I love old lady crafts. I am a little old lady myself. I mean, I love doing cross stitch and things like that, sewing and things. But uh, here in Portland, this is like the level of crafts that I would expect. It is all incredibly talented people that make just awesome stuff like nerdy themed stuff and just really fantastic artwork and like i bought um an oven mitt last year that had sharks on it like it was kind of it reminded me of jaws but now i found this recent jaws fabric that i'm just in love with that i need to make things with but um but there's um i'm trying to think so i i was looking at that there's just tons of art and um looking through these prints this guy does all of his regular stuff is i'm sure you guys have seen online um a version of it i wish i could remember his name i can't remember of it remember it but um it's animal heads like animal portraits but they're wearing clothes and so it's like you know they're like have like suit collars and stuff on you see them kind of shoulders up usually or like there's these my sister bought prints of these sloths and there's a male and a female and this the female sloth has these fantastic like old school vintage glasses on with gems and stuff on them and she has some fancy like collar on her shirt and stuff and then the guy has a suit and tie on and um but yeah just all really great stuff so i'm looking through all of these because they're really funny and i'm flipping through all of them and the guy's really talented and then i see he has a limited edition print box thing flipping through and out of nowhere in the middle of these prints of all of these crazy animals there's horses there's birds there's you know sloths and unicorns and then there's a pigmon print what? Yes, like I'm like, of course there is. It's just like meant to be, and and he, it wasn't the style of anything else he did. It wasn't like in a suit or anything like that. It was just this fantastic print of Pigmon, and it has a few other little like things in the corners, and it's bright colors, and it's just incredible. And I was like, oh my gosh! Of course, I flipped out. I was gonna buy it and started talking to the guy, and I was like, oh, I love Pigmon, and and um and he's like, I did that for an art show that was in New York, and I was like, Garamania. He's like, yes. Awesome. <laughs> he's like, I can't believe you know what that is. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I had trouble figuring out the difference between Garamon and Pigmon. So is who did I draw? <laughs> and I was like, this is Pigmon, but there's only one small difference on the chest. So. It's no big deal. But um he she was, said that in a nerd voice. I know I did. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but there's only my small. <laughs> and then uh and then I oh, he see, started, the problem you have yeah. here is that you've got the Garamon patch on his thing, but you also included the red pink balloon from his back. <laughs> I, I honestly just can't see myself buying this now. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't fit so, into my canon at all. After you screwed that up big time, mister. Right. And then you have these other monsters in the quarters from Ultra Q. I'm just confused with what you've done here. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so he's he was talking about different stuff he used as reference materials, and he's like, I watched this one video on YouTube and it looks like he's like, I don't know if it's Pigmon or Garamon, but it gets killed by this like big gray monster. And he's describing, of course, the um, the Ultraman episode with Pigmon, his first episode, the um, Monsters of Lilas Island. Is that yes. what it's called? Mm-hmm. Um, and Red King. Um, and Red King kills Pigmon with a big rock. But he's describing and I was like, such a going on and on about it. I was like, oh, that's the such and such episode stuff. And I can tell the guy's like slightly interested. He just thought it was a cool monster to draw and doesn't really 
care that much, but he was really nice and polite and just like, he was like, oh, okay, wow, yeah. He's like, well, thank you for all the information. <laughs> but I could tell I, I had, you know. You went too far. Went was, a little bit too far. <laughs> he was handling a uh, can of Macy in his back pocket. Right. He's like, I don't know, not yet, not yet. His not hands yet. didn't slowly come yeah. up and start shaking. Yeah, but uh, but it was really cool. And the guy is super talented. I'll and I'll have to get the name and put it out there somewhere. And I'll take a picture and post it on Facebook or something because because um, it's just awesome artwork. So it was very cool. Yeah, and it was very I exciting. Yeah, I'd love to see that i think the website is still around but garamania at garamania.blogspot.com maybe yeah something like if you type but in garamania like online you should be able to find it pretty easily the guy hasn't um, updated his blog in a long time but, but sure, it's got yeah. it still has a ton of, of cool awesome stuff i've seen a lot art. of yeah. imagery from mm-hmm. i think they had two different shows i think yeah. there was a garamania too and mm-hmm. i it was one of those things where I was like, oh, man, it would be cool to, like, actually submit something. I know people that have submitted artwork to nice. the Garamania nice. shows. So, uh, you know, if he comes back around with the third installment, maybe I'll yeah. try my hand at yeah. uh, crafting a Pigmon Garamon out of leaves. Nice. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> be awesome. But, yeah, it was that was really cool. And, yeah, just um, saw some other awesome stuff there. I'm trying to think of things I bought. Um my sister picked up some stuff, some other artwork and things. Um, I know last year I also got just dishwasher magnets that say clean and dirty that are these great little monster creatures that like they're kind of just like a, they remind me of the the what are they called? The sprites soup and balls. the soot balls in Spirited Away. Is it? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 The little. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The black, sprites. Yeah, yeah. Soot sprites. Yeah. Um. That it kind of looked like known one. As the yeah. So okay. Uh, there you go. Uh, can you rephrase that in nerd voice? <laughs> also known as a susuwatari. <laughs> I should. But, uh, I should actually yeah, practice a specific Japanese otaku voice. Ooh, yes. Very nice. I should learn should. how to do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll. Maybe I'll figure that out in Japan next year. There you go. But yeah, I like the soot sprites. Did you know yeah. that Lady Kyle recently got the soot sprites tattooed behind her ear? No, no. I didn't. Yeah. I'm gonna have to see that. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Oh, nice. So she's always going to have them with her. Yay. Sweet. That's great. Yeah. And then I also didn't realize uh, that, I mean, I know I should have realized it, but I never thought about it in that context. The Sit Sprites are both in Totoro and in Spirited Away. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're in the attic yeah. in Totoro and they're cleaning out the mm-hmm. house the first time. For any totally. listeners that have no freaking idea what we're talking about, we're talking about the Studio Ghibli. Miyazaki. <laughs> Can I get in on that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let me hear some more. Hiyo, Miyazaki's Studio Ghibli movies. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I, that ending added, I added sound was. effects. You yeah. definitely did add some sound effects. Uh, Glavin? That's what you could have given me. <laughs> Jerry Lewis nerd? <laughs> or for, yeah, uh, Professor Frank Professor from Frank, The Simpsons. Yeah. That's That would be my, my reference there. <laughs> I'm not like I haven't seen Jerry Lewis stuff, sure. but I mean, that was like when I was a kid. For us, our generation. Our like generation, Professor it Frank. would be Professor Frank. Professor Frank, he makes you laugh. He makes you think, well, where are you going? <laughs> uh, yeah, man. So what about you, dude? I've been writing a lot. I've been watching a lot of movies, a lot of Japanese movies. I watched all of uh, Akira Kurosawa's films at this point. Nice, very I've been cool. Doing a ton of research on that this year. I was I earlier in the year. People probably don't even remember. 
but I was trying to watch a movie a day and I definitely fell off that track. That was way <laughs> too hard to do. But along the way, I did go through and watch the entire like filmography by a couple of directors that I've been really trying to catch up with over the years. So, well, let's talk about Kurosawa real quick. Yeah. Uh, because I'm very interested in exploring Kurosawa's filmography because I've seen some. Mm-hmm. I would actually hazard to say I've seen quite a lot of Kurosawa films compared to the normal movie sure. lover. Yeah. Not maybe not like the film nerd kind of not that extreme, but you know I'd seen Seven Samurai, mm-hmm. Yojimbo, uh, Dreams, Kagemusha or Ran. I can't remember which one it is. Sure. You know, just I've seen a handful of them, but I think all of them, with the exception of Dreams, were all samurai films. Mm-hmm. And I really want to watch some some other stuff. So what would you suggest for somebody who's only seen their samurai, only seen Kurosawa's samurai films? Ikiru. I was going to say at the yeah. same time as you because I thought would be funny. <laughs> but yeah, Ikiru. So, okay. Yeah, Ikiru. Um, it, he, it predates uh, Seven Samurai by a couple of years. It's actually starring Takashi Shimura from mm-hmm. Gojira. Uh, really great performance by him. Um it's it, it is a movie that hopefully if you get emotionally invested in it, you will take a step back and look at your life after watching this movie. It's very profound, very moving. I love it. I've seen it many, many times. It's just so great. I don't want to give anything away at all, but I heard it's just like It's a Wonderful Life, but Japanese. That's not a bad but comparison. Good. Oh, I was I would totally say, joking, yeah. though. I, mean, uh, I would is, say, but good. <laughs> it is not I don't a like bad that comparison. Movie. Yeah. Bring mm-hmm. it back around at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> In that uh, uh, someone is faced with their mortality. So Okay. So check this out. Like I said, I, I, I'm very interested in watching more Kurosawa mm-hmm. films. So I started watching. Oh, actually, to take a step back, Hulu had so much Criterion stuff on it up until November. And so I, I, I knew that in November it was going away. So I tried to mm. watch as much as I could. Still wasn't very much. But uh, I tried to watch – the bad sleep well. Yeah. Because I remember talking to you about that mm-hmm. and I – I, as weird as it sounds, for some reason, whenever I had looked at the title, The Bad Sleep Well, I didn't read it in the right cadence. Yeah. And it, I was almost – it was almost like sleep well. What's a sleep well? <laughs> you know, oh, like, yeah, yeah. Then I when guess. I realized <laughs> so, so many years after I've heard the title yeah. that it's like the bad sleep well. I yeah. was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I felt like a total dumbass. Yeah. But I tried to watch that recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I say try is because I put it on kind of late at night and then didn't realize yeah. until I was about an hour into it that it's a two and a half hour – Oh, yeah. If not longer movie. And I was like, well, I'll have to come back to this guy later. Sure. Yeah. So far, I liked it, though. Yeah, it's it's a decent flick. I like that one. I mean, there's only a few of his that I, I would say I don't like, but that's because of various circumstances. One so early on, you know, that he had no experience, basically, and no budget. Okay. But um, in another, he did during the height of his depression. But, Which um, one was that? <clears throat> uh, Dodes from 1970. Oh, but- but it has – like it I has know it's really depressing, moment. but it does have beautiful story. One of the storylines in it I really love yeah. um, and it, it's uh, it really touching and s- stuck with me I would say in Do- yeah. Deskadon. But, it, um, and the, it's, yeah. it's about a, a father and a little boy uh, and they're, they're kind of suffering through life circumstances and the little boy is actually uh, – 
Rokusan from Godzilla vs. Megalon. Oh, okay. It's the only other film he was in. So he's in Dodeska Dan and Godzilla vs. Megalon. So. And Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the same kid. Oh, interesting. That's yeah. awesome. You know, I had to throw that out there. I didn't use my nerd voice. I should have used my nerd voice, but I didn't. <laughs> I would have found it more authoritative if you would have done it in a nerd voice. <laughs> so now you're just not going to listen to me. <laughs> so I, I have the – basically, I have no free time. I think you guys know that, I, which is an ex- over-exaggeration. Of course, I make some free time for myself. I don't just wake up and start working. That's not true. I do wake up and start working, but then at some point I take a break and – and at some points I can watch movies. Yeah. Uh, so recently I watched Lady Snowblood. Oh, cool. I know Very that's cool. not Kurosawa. Totally. No, yeah. Getting back to the just sort of Japanese stuff in general. Mm-hmm. I watched Lady Snowblood kind of recently. Um, somewhat earlier than that, I had seen um, Koroneko. I'm, I'm familiar with that. It's a, it's sort of a ghost movie. It's about it. Okay. It's like a, ga- uh, a cat ghost, essentially. Oh, like an actual, like it looks like a cat? Like. Or is it like uh, well, a human? So are you aware of the Japanese cat people ghost stuff? No. Okay. It's a genre almost. Oh. It's not just an actual like yokai figurehead or, mm-hmm. you know, something that would come out of a yokai tale. There have been multiple movies about like these cat ghosts. Oh, sweet. So um, I actually have one. Uh, on my system, if I could find the name real quick, uh, it is called Mansion of the Ghost Cat, which Hmm. the first time I ever watched it, it's from 1958. The first time I ever watched it, I watched it by myself, totally alone in the house, creeped me the fuck out. (laughs) And I was like, dude, this is so good. And I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched about half of it and I was like, this is so good. I got to show my friend Lindsay because at the time we were watching a lot of Japanese horror movies. Mm -hmm. I put it on. We were watching it together and it was not scary at all. And I was like, what What happened here? I was totally into this before. Uh, I think that's just because I I like to psych myself up when I watch movies. I will almost indefinitely – almost indefinitely? I don't know if that's the right word to use. But anyway, I will almost certainly make myself more scared by watching a scary movie by myself than if I can – than any other scenario where I've got other people in the room. Nice. I think that's because Mm -hmm. I want to be scared. I like that scary feeling. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, so Kuroneko is a movie kind of like – like that. It's sort mm-hmm. of, it's a classic. It's been, it's a Criterion Ooh. movie. It was on oh. Hulu for a while. Nice. Um, but, you know, un, one of the reasons that I wanted to watch more movies is I've been going to Japan more, spending more time there. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some of these movies back in the day. And now I want to kind of come back to them with a fresh take. And, and now that I know more about the society and more about yeah. the culture, yeah. you know, um, I'm going to get into horror movies as well, like rewatching Juan and The Ring. Sure, yeah. Um, but I did also watch House. Oh, cool. Yeah. Have you seen House? It's been a long mm-hmm. time. Have you it's seen House? No, I haven't. House is freaking weird, dude. Mm-hmm. It is like bizarre. It's, in fact, it took me several times to watch it because the first time I sat down to watch it, I thought it was going to be a straight up horror movie. And I was not prepared for the weirdness of the film. It's edited strangely. Yeah. The, I mean, it's bizarre on all levels. The music, the editing, the direction, the acting, the characters, the story itself. It's freaking weird, right? Mm. Like, I can actually see um, Takashi Miike watching that as a kid yeah. and being like, <laughs> 
this movie is too out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, also I've been watching stuff like Ghibli movies. I mm-hmm. recently watched Castle in the Sky. Oh, and, oh nice. Uh, uh, rewatched Princess Mononoke and Spirited nice. Away. Uh, I also saw Ponyo for the first time. Oh. Very nice. You didn't what, like Ponyo? No. <laughs> I think it's annoying. So I, I thought Ponyo was really weird. But I, it, yeah. when it comes to Miyazaki's films, Studio Ghibli movies, uh, typically I like the fantastical things much, <laughs> much, much more than Graveyard of the Fireflies. Sure. Yeah. Which I've never seen, so I shouldn't like say I don't like it. But and like, that was the Grave of the Fireflies is the other director. Do you know his name? Yeah. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. <clears throat> it's the it's not Miyazaki. Uh, Ghibli or Ghibli? I don't know how to pronounce it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is uh, mainly two directors, Miyazaki and another guy, and of course there's others that work there. But can't think of the guy's name. But he did the one movie that you like with the um, Tanukis. Yeah. Yes. Um, Isao Takahata. There you go. Wait, there you go. it's Al Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's the guy that did Graveyard of the yes. Fireflies? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And it came out the same year as My Neighbor Totoro, 88. Okay. And they were released on the same bill. So you could see Totoro and then Grave of the Fireflies back to back. So this warm, childish fantasy. We and shall then lift you up before hard, dashing you against yeah, the rocks. Yeah, depressing, <laughs> you know. And I don't want to speak ill of Grave of the Fireflies, but sure. it is definitely heavy no, no, topics. It's, it's definitely heavy, which is why I haven't watched it. I think I read yeah. the description and I was like, well, "That's a bummer." That sounds like a bummer. <laughs> and then like the quotes were like, "A sorrowful tale," yeah. and like I was like, "I that doesn't make me want to watch this movie." I'm not really into dramatic films for the most part, ah. but you know, you make it make a Japanese dramatic film. You've got a hook. I'm mm-hmm. going to at least be interested in checking it out. And that, that cultural thing you talk about, I've been trying to learn more Japanese a little bit. And like I say, I've been messing around with a lot of old Nintendo games and Famicom games. We actually got a Famicom this past year, the Japanese version of a Nintendo. But I just go back through these old games. And now that I know much more about the Japanese culture, so so much stuff makes sense. Like so many things in games that and stuff that got censored here in America, I, I now understand the context a lot better for the you know, the Japanese. Oh yeah, side. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that would make sense. Really, really interesting to go back through some old video games and movies. I've been right I have been watching more films and I don't speak Japanese, but I mm-hmm. know some Japanese just from being over there, just from having conversations with people and trying to learn a little bit. Someday Someday, you guys, oh, yeah. I am actually going to learn Japanese, <laughs> yeah. but today is not that day. And uh, there have been times where I've been watching the films, and as I'm hearing them say words on the screen in Japanese and reading the subtitles, professional you know, movies, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Criterion subtitling here, not, not just some Joe going like, I'm going to put this up on the internet. And <laughs> I'll sit there and go... Well, that is not what that person just said. Yeah. It's not like completely <laughs> devoid of the the intent, but I can totally appreciate people. And this happened after the documentary too. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate having to take a direct translation and massage it mm-hmm. into something that makes a little more sense and and gives the the feel, the vibe yeah. of what somebody's saying more than the exact details Literal, of what yeah. they have said. Because Japanese can be a little, a lot more literal than English. There's, you know, there can be a, a little bit more on our side to 
spruce things up a bit. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, you know, there's a lot of formal language in in Japanese. So, yeah, it's I, I've noticed a lot of that, too, where a line will be in a movie and I'll, I'll just sit there and listen to it. It's like, I don't think that was exactly what they said. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, again, baby steps. I, baby I don't steps, know. Yeah. I don't know much Japanese. I just know. A little tiny bit. Sure, sure, sure. So that's nay. So <laughs> what would you – what are some other Kurosawa films that you would suggest to people? Well, my my literal favorite movie of all time is Yojimbo. That oh, okay. is That is my number one favorite that's movie. That's because that is an amazing damn film. Yeah, I've watched it so, so many times. I absolutely love it. It has a direct sequel that's very good. And, of course, uh, that also – you know, I, I feel like everyone knows this, but I should say that uh, – Fistful of Dollars is based on Yojimbo, so if you want the cowboy version, you got that too. But uh, Kagemusha yep, okay. is a great film. Um, Ikiru is like my second favorite. It is so good. It okay. is really good. Obviously, Seven Samurai. Is Kagemusha the one that George Lucas, George Lucas and Francis, Francis Ford, Ford Coppola helped yeah. with? Okay. It's uh it, in in that came out in 1980, and then Ron is 1985. They're both samurai movies in the 80s. Sure. And they look just so beautiful because they're in color right. and they're oh, so great. I prefer Kagamusha a little bit more than Ron, but both are excellent films. So, Sidebar. You want to hear what annoys me about some of Kurosawa's works? Because I don't know them intimately. Yeah. I know some of them are uh, interpretations of like Shakespeare, Shakespeare stuff. Yeah. And like, I'm not interested in seeing Hamlet performed in mm-hmm. Japanese as much as I am seeing something that someone else wrote and like right. is another highly acclaimed film. Um, but I, I happy, happy oh, to yeah. watch those. It's just that I, I don't know which ones are which, you know, like, uh, so hidden fortress, is that one? Is that a no, hidden movie? fortress okay. is just a, uh, a, a samurai film. And if you're a star Wars fan, obviously you probably know that you should check it out. There's a lot of connections there to star Wars, but, uh, the Shakespearean ones were Ron is King Lear. Okay. And, uh, throne of blood, which is an excellent, excellent movie. That's another great Kurosawa movie. That is, uh, I believe, Macbeth. Macbeth. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So those are the only two, but they, they are so removed. Especially Ron mm-hmm. is so different than the source material because it is set in the samurai world. It's a very inventive way to remake that kind of thing. So. I think Ron is the one. What? That's the one that's uh, Macbeth. Uh, no. King Lear. King yeah. Lear. Okay. It's in, and then Throne of Blood was in black and white, and that's Macbeth. Okay. Cool. It must be. I must have seen Ron then. Yeah. I, I I feel like I've seen both Ron and Kage Musha. Like I know for I, could, I absolutely yeah. remember renting one of them. And I can see where they would blend together. Yeah. I we'll see. Like the story that I have is lovely, lovely story where Tiger was sick as a very young baby one time. Like yeah. so, he's puking his guts out. Right. <laughs> As a baby, which always sucks because yeah. they don't know what the fuck's going on, right? So mm-hmm. I had him on my lap with like a trash can in one arm and him in the other. <laughs> and I was sitting there like patting his back and being like, it's okay, it's okay, buddy. It's all right. But I was sitting there watching one of those yeah. two films that I remember very, very, very <laughs> specifically be like, oh, I can feel him tensing up. Time to lift up the <laughs> the bucket. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know why I just turned a lovely. I watched this movie story into a story about my kid puking, but there well, you go. It, it was it was excellent context. <laughs> Even better. Welcome to a yak attack, so well. yeah. dude. You guys out there, listeners, Tiger. When he was first on the show, he was like a child, little child. Yeah. 
Brian and Rachel come over today and Tiger, we're all eating pizza downstairs and Tiger is freaking taller than them. He is. Now, He's, we should say yes. that we're short. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. You're not that short, though, right? Right. Like, I was just yeah. We are average amazed. human size, yeah. but <laughs> I, we're, we're both about 5'6". Although I found out when I went to the doctor last that I'm shorter by a quarter of an inch than She's I ever shrinking. have been. Oh. So I'm already turning into an old lady. I think it's doing all that cross-stitch. Sure. I do. Yeah. Time to get some lifts. Yeah. Some yeah. platform boots. I know. Walking it's to work time. like yep. a rock star. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what else have I watched recently that I wanted to talk about? Um, uh, da, 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 da. You know, a lot of older movies. Like I've sort of been putting older movies that I've seen before. I'll put them on while I'm working on things. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes that, that means I can watch it. Sometimes that means I can't really watch it. Um, there is a movie called Azumi. Are you familiar with it? I've seen the title. So Azumi mm-hmm. was done by Ruhei Kitamura, which mm-hmm. is the director of Final Wars. And... Listeners are probably aware. I'm not really a big fan of of that director, but it was interesting to see that movie after a gigantic break from seeing any of his works and having the cultural context to just be like, oh, yeah, this is – it's almost like a slice of time. You're like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is when it was okay to make a samurai film where everybody was like, too cool, bro. You know, with the a ninja yeah. film, technically speaking. But you know, then you come back to like something like Thirteen Assassins. Have you seen that? Yeah. No, I haven't. Oh, dude. Thirteen Assassins. You yeah. gotta see Thirteen Assassins. It's so good. That's another. That's Takashi Miike. Yeah. Really, really solid film. But I've seen some other really bizarre ones. Like there's a there's a longtime character in Japan called Dororo Dororo, and they made a live action version of it. And I I messaged my friend Gretchen. I was like, "Have you seen this? Like, as this is bizarre. It's a sort of yokai ish related yeah. movie. Really weird. I did not know that Dororo was a um, Tezuka, the guy who did. Um, oh man, the guy who did Magmatashi, the guy who did the Lion, not the Lion King, Simba, uh, Kimba, yeah, Kimba, Kimba, yeah." <laughs> Anyway, the guy who did all those old classic Astro Boy animation sure, yeah. you know, and the, the manga that yeah, yeah. those were all born from, he did this Dororo story hmm. about it. I can't even describe it, you guys. <laughs> it's about a kid who has blades for hands and feet, like samurai swords and stuff. Sweet. It's hmm. it's really weird. I'm in. Edward Scissorhands was great. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, this is... Edward Katana hands, <laughs> Katana appendages. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I've just been watching a lot more stuff recently, uh, and one of the reasons I wanted to do that is because I, you know, I feel like the more you can consume, this makes me sound like Galactus. The more you can consume of a culture, <laughs> the better you will understand that culture. Mm-hmm. And yeah. of course, like if you look around you, my main focus is from a culture that is not my own. So I. I'm very interested in like sort of like bridging a lot of those gaps that I don't have in my own knowledge. Mm -hmm. Shin Godzilla is one of those movies that I was like, I feel like I know much more about Japanese uh, social stuff to, to understand what's going on in Shin Godzilla. Um, And so it's all part of my continuing education, I would say. Now, that's a seems like a great point for us to move on and talk a little bit about Shin Godzilla because yeah. you guys were not here for a Shin Godzilla Daikaiju oh, discussion. Yeah. 
I don't want to necessarily do another discussion here, but I want to have a discussion with you because I know, Brian, you didn't actually like it. And Rachel, you didn't care for it either, right? Right. Yeah. No, I wasn't into it. Okay. So I'm surprised that you're, that you weren't into it because it seems like it was so, it's like, I hate to say it like this, but it seems like it was so deep that you would have been into it. But, uh, like, tell me what it was about it that you just didn't like. Because I actually have not read your, your full. Well, I didn't, I didn't write a full review. You, you wrote something on Facebook about oh, it. Oh, yeah. I made fun of it on Facebook. Sure, sure. I, I use Facebook to inflame people and enrage them. So. Yes. <laughs> You're really practicing your trolling skills. And <laughs> I guess Very good at it. some people appreciate it. <laughs> so what, so you, what, you walked out of the theater, you were disappointed with it? Yeah, it was, it was a bit of a letdown. For me, uh, I really think that at my least favorite scene in any kaiju film is generals sitting around a table mm-hmm. trying to figure out okay. what are we going to do. And Shin Godzilla was almost entirely that scene for right. the entire movie. So that really bummed me out. And then philosophically, I felt that it was kind of, I, I'm a bit troubled that Godzilla to me is representative in its purest form in the original film. It was this great anti-war statement of nuclear weapons are bad. War is bad. You know, we have to be careful and vigilant of this. Mm-hmm. Yada, yada, yada. Everyone knows what the original Godzilla is trying to hint at and in what it's saying overtly. But for, for me, Shin Godzilla left a real bad taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Because it was almost like pro-military. Like, we should arm ourselves. Isn't it a shame that America keeps us from arming ourselves? Mm-hmm. We should have total control. And that is currently a a, a, a touchy subject in Japan. Definitely like is, a touchy subject in Japan yeah, right now. Shinzo is, Abe, the current prime minister, wants to rearm Japan. Yeah. And, I mean, who knows if it's going to happen or not. I would love at some point to be able to talk with somehow talk with Hideaki Anno Mm -hmm. and really talk to him and say like, look, these are all these things that have been read into your film. One of them is a very pro military theme because for me, I did not feel that it was pro military. I felt like it was more about like, geez, America get off our backs already because there were way more digs in Shin Godzilla at American interference than we've ever seen in a single Godzilla film, yeah. sort of like anti-American sentiment, which is is not to say that Shin Godzilla is an anti-American film, but it's very easy to see where the Japanese people, the Japanese yeah. government, is just kind of tired of having to run everything through America. Well, yeah, I mean – I definitely can understand that they've had, you know, if, if I'm not mistaken, they've had, you know, their constitution since the end of World War II, and mm-hmm. we we helped create that. I can see where that would be frustrating as a nation, big time, big time. I see it, but for me, that that's where it left a bad taste in my mouth. Is mm-hmm. I felt that Godzilla is really an anti-war statement, you know, I, I to see it kind of in this light of possibly pro-war and i you know i wasn't like offended or anything like that i was just kind of like oh that doesn't really sit with me in terms of what i want out of godzilla sure and then luckily i believe there's 30 other movies i could try that's absolutely (laughs) correct absolutely yeah and that's actually one of the things that I, i i i think i may have mentioned this in the podcast that we did is just like 
because uh, I really liked Shin Godzilla. Yeah. And I appreciate it. While I'm not going to throw it on in a um, in a marathon yeah. of my favorite Godzilla movies, it's definitely unique and yeah, it stands it's out. Very different. I that to that to me is what made it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say better because this is a weird thing to me, right? I know a lot of Japanese people that are like Shin Godzilla is my favorite Godzilla movie now, yeah. and that doesn't make any sense to me because that's not what I want in a Godzilla movie. But I was fine. Saying, oh, you know, I've got 30 other movies that I can right. I can like, dislike, or whatever. This is just another one in there. Uh, Rachel? Um, at my – I have – I guess my, my biggest issue w- with it was that – I don't know. I guess it's two big things. One, it being that it seems like that it was really trying to portray cutting through the red tape of the government. Um, that you have all these different government agencies that are involved. Um, and I get that. Um, but I didn't need it pounded into my head sure, yeah, yeah. again and again and again and again. Um, I work for the government. I fully understand it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but I also think that that could be shown in 30 seconds. Like you can explain all that really quickly. And that was done in one of my favorite movies to circle back Akiru. They show that idea very quickly and it's perfect. And so for me, having that experience of seeing that done really well to see it in this movie continually drawn out was really frustrating. Um, And then the, the thing that ties in with that, having all these different agencies you're continually showing in all these different conference rooms, um, was the characters were the same way. It was continue. You see this character and then this character and then this character and then this character and this character. And you never get to know any single one of them. And I was so stoked when they first introduced like the nerd group. Yeah. Like I was like, Oh, these are going to be the people we're going to follow. It's going to be great from here on out. And you don't, you kind of like, I don't know the names of any of them. Like you see them again. And I liked, them but i wanted them to be the focus i wanted somebody to be the focus i felt like there was no like story where any people that i could attach myself to that i was like oh like i love that character and that's who i relate to and that's not that i need to relate to anybody in a no, movie, no, but you, like, you should relate to somebody but i think that's you should like makes a good movie and i feel that person's characters. emotion for what's happening in the world right now but I didn't get any of that. I got nothing. And I want to be, and I I think I've said this in the past about movies in general, but then also what we were predicting in hopes for Shin Godzilla was I wanted to be moved emotionally because that's what I want from all movies. Right. I want any movie that I see, it's not going to work for me if it doesn't draw some sort of emotion. And and it doesn't have to be sad. It doesn't have to be happy. Like any specific emotion, it, it needs to pull something from me. And this just left me flat. Oh, that, see, so. these are they're excellent responses. I mean, I was curious and I, obviously I wanted you guys here for the discussion mm-hmm. yeah. too. Yeah. Especially because I know a lot of people wanted to hear how you felt about Kamatakun, the uh, the first form of Godzilla that we saw. Oh, yeah. And that's <laughs> like I like that's I was excited because I was like, oh, it was like crazy, like weird ass, like monster baby kind of thing. That's like I loved it with the kind of shoulder nubs like um, and how it moved through and stuff. I, I liked actually the I'd say the the middle one or maybe it's the second one, I would say um, form the best. 
um, real baby eyes and everything. I thought that was great. Um, but the, my biggest issue with, with it, why it didn't like, why I'm not like obsessed with it, I think was just, it was too CGI. Like I'd say, well, I'd say all of the forms of Godzilla were, um, all of the forms uh, of Godzilla were uh, definitely too CGI. So, uh, 100% CGI. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it loses the weight as it always does in yeah. any movie. When you throw a completely CGI monster out there, it's never going to fully work for me. I need something that has the physical form. Like I need that for it to work for me. And, um, and the, it just, it loses its, I don't know. Interesting. Do you have a, it's I'm attraction just curious if you have trouble connecting, not with people, mm-hmm. actually maybe with people if they're entirely CGI in American films, like for example, uh, mm-hmm. guardians of the galaxy, for example, <laughs> the, uh, like the rock, the raccoon, right? He was yeah. all CGI and, yeah. and, I, I hate that movie that, though, so it's okay, a hard so it's example. Hard, hard so <laughs> that, but, but a movie but, like yeah. I don't know. Do you like the Harry Potter movies? They've got no, the house elves. Yeah. No. Uh, do you like any movies with any CGI? No. 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 I don't think <laughs> I really. I mean, Wait, here's an think, example. Okay. I, I just watched District Nine. Okay. And the aliens in that are all CG, and you can form. I've I feel personally you can form an emotional attachment to them to the little kid. Yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But there is uh, there is a piece of it that's missing it does it just i'm a mm-hmm. big video gamer so okay. and i and i share her dislike of cgi stuff i'm a big video gamer so when i see a lot of cgi on the screen my brain just starts tuning everything out and it's an unskippable cutscene, and i'm just waiting to play now which right. is how Try to that's, hit that red button <laughs> yeah that's how i felt watching the entire like star wars prequel trilogy i'm sure a lot of people feel that way but for me my brain just went into this like coma of like when do I start playing this? This is not fun <laughs> at all. And I don't, I don't know, like, I ha- why I have this. Um, I guess a way to describe it for me: why the CGI doesn't work yet, something in a suit does. Um, is I have I one um one I guess one example is when i watched the behind the scenes footage of the rancor puppet being moved around or maquette like that they are of the creation of it and the process of them um you know filming it and everything i literally started crying i got choked up because it was <laughs> so gorgeous and beautiful and wonderful and i just like love that monster so very much and any behind the scenes of people creating these monsters like I fall in love with the process and I think it's kind of the creative like artist in me of like, that's amazing to me. And I get emotionally moved by that. And I think it's not just the story of the creature itself. Of course they need wonderful stories in order for me to also be drawn in, but the combination of the story and the art of like, Oh, somebody made that like, and I I get, I think that there's some beautiful artwork done in CGI. Don't get me wrong. I think there's some really cool monsters that people have done. For example, the host, the host was fantastic. I love that. Yeah. Pacific Rim. Rim. I love Pacific Rim. I, you know, and I love some of those creatures are awesome, but I don't have the same affection for them as I do when I see like a handmade creation, Sure, which is silly because it's art 
as well, but it's just not the same thing for me. It just doesn't capture me as much. And I think it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just my personal taste, I guess. Did you did you ever get a chance to watch the Attack on Titan films? Uh, no. Okay. You know, I, I actually have not seen, I saw it on the plane. I haven't seen it even for sale yet, but mm-hmm. I think it hasn't come out yet or maybe just came out the second part of that movie mm-hmm. uh, where there's a lot more suitmation style special oh, cool. effects. Hmm, sort to, of. Yeah. Cool. I want to check it out at some the, point. Like, the effects are great in, well, I've only seen the first Attack on Titan and I think I showed you some clips from it where the effects were pretty good in terms of like the, the Titans and the creatures. We're, we're yeah. both big fans of the show. I, Oh, the original. Yeah. The, show. I, I, I started watching the show and I'm, I'm really not a TV watcher. I'm not a binge watcher or anything like that. And that's literally one of the few shows that within like three or four days, I was like, I watched this entire thing and I don't, I do not do that. <laughs> nice. All right. But yeah. And, mm-hmm. and oh, I showed it to Rachel and she went nuts for it too. So, but yeah, the movies themselves, I, uh, I think I haven't showed you the first one yet. Cause I was disappointed in the adaptation. Yeah. I saw the you showed me some clips, um, of it and, and I am interested in the practical effects that they did do because I know I watched that original promotion for it, um, the commercial. It was like oh, a car Subaru commercial. commercial. Yeah. 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 Um, and it looked phenomenal. Like I, I thought it looked really good. Um, and so I, I want to see it at least just for that. And, and I'm curious, of course, to see how they adapted it to movies. Um, but the... Um, but I, I was a little disappointed in the stuff that you did show me in the first one. Seems like they kind of overdid it with like the smoke and stuff like that when they were showing the Colossus. Yeah, that could also been. I had a very low quality video it's, file. It, oh, that you know, I'm just gonna it. say, yeah. like, I don't like the effects in Attack on Titan. Yeah, and I felt like I felt like the first of the films. Right? Have you seen the second one at all? Or? I've not oh, seen okay. the second one. So the first of the films, it had the big puppet of the Colossal Titan. Mm-hmm. And I thought that overall that looked pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. It was augmented, so it's CGI enhanced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was a it was a puppet. Yeah. Um. So I appreciated that. The stuff that I didn't care for is I really didn't care for the way that the human – or not the humans, <laughs> the – big giant Titans looked when they were more human-esque. Yeah. Um, unless the, unless they had like crazy prosthetics or like weird, like something that sets them apart from just, we're going to shoot a human and then make it bigger on screen kind of thing. Like that, it, it, that actually took me out of the film. Like Hmm. it made me sort of pay attention to why I didn't think that looked like it was a seamless Right. And it had really great stuff in it. I don't want to say that Attack on Titan, the movies didn't look good because they looked good. Yeah. The second film has way more suitmation where um, that one character whose name I can't remember Aaron, becomes the Titan. You know, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I'm sorry. <laughs> kind of. But like what, the aspect of this conversation is about the effects. And like yeah. when he showed up and I was like, oh, that's a dude in a suit. Yeah. I do not think that that looks like it was made today. Like that hmm. looks like maybe early 2000s suit work, hmm. which was disappointing as hell because hmm. it came from Shinji Higuchi. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, you know, uh, I, you know, Tom, the guy who did um, Tomu Higuchi is his name. 
He's the guy that he was involved with the Gamera movies, the the Heisei relaunch. Mm -hmm. But he did um, Sakuya Yokaiden, which people who have listened to the podcast for a long time know I love, 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 love Sakuya Yokaiden. I think it is an amazing film. It's well-directed. The special effects are goddamn fantastic. And it's all pretty much practical with a little tiny bit of CGI and optical augmentation. Mm -hmm. And it's just done so wonderfully. But he he made Death Kappa, you know? So it's uh, you can't yeah. – I wish yeah. that I could say everything yeah. that person X does is gold, you know? But right. clearly that's not the case. And I don't know what happened with Attack on Titan and Shinji Higuchi. And I don't know how well he feels that he made those movies for the effects. But I felt like it was way too composited and that the elements – this is like me getting as film nerdy as I can, right? Mm -hmm. For like technical stuff of making special effects because I don't know all the terminology. It looked too composited and it looked too fake to me. Right? I can see like, that. Which is a bummer because I want – I really want Shinji Higuchi to make the perfect Godzilla movie because yeah. I know yeah. if he was given the budget, he could do it. Mm -hmm. Like he could do the perfect classic style tokusatsu Godzilla film. Of mm. 2018, I don't know, 19, 20. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, don't – hopefully he didn't have such a bad experience with Toho that he won't be back, you know? Like yeah. I would love him. Yeah. It would be awesome. I think I may have said this in the episode. How freaking rad would it be if the success of Shin Godzilla – because you can't deny the success of the film. Sure. If the success of Shin Godzilla made Toho say, all right, well, let's do more of this. We'll get more directors in who can do stuff. And if that director wants to do a suitmation – Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they bring Shinji Higuchi in to essentially become the new Eiji Tsuburaya. Not like I, I, yeah. I have a sneaking suspicion that Higuchi doesn't want to be the new Tsuburaya. He just wants to sort of be like the jack of all trades, be able to do right. everything. Mm -hmm. But I don't think his directing is super strong, like his human directing. So right. stick yeah. with what's good, dude. That yeah. was a big uh, negative aspect of the Attack on Titan movie was the uh, the first one at least was the human side of it the acting I thought the the writing the actors had a a, a bum bum into the stick there because the writing was it was trying to adapt a bunch of episodes which are in turn based on the comic it was trying to do a lot in a little amount of time it's kind of like uh, I I make this comparison a lot if if you're a real nerd about. Uh, Japanese comics and movies and stuff, but the Akira book is amazing. The mm -hmm. big six volume book set is really great. The movie makes no sense whatsoever because they're trying to adapt the entire plot into a movie. You so. know, that film has been on my list of movies to revisit because mm -hmm. I, it has been damn dude. It might be 25 years since I've seen that film. Wow. I mean, it. I, I think I know for a fact I saw it when I was in college, you know, yeah. but, you know, how well does it hold up? Ghost in the Shell actually <laughs> Ghost, you know, hot button issue for some anime nerds out there like Ghost in the Shell. I saw the trailer and I never really had a connection to Ghost in the Shell. I saw the first animated film. Right. Yeah. I saw that when it was released on home video here in the States. I think TriStar put it out. I'm not sure. So. But anyway. I saw that movie and I remember watching it and being like, wow, that was really cool. And I got kind of – I'm not obsessed because at the time you couldn't get obsessed with these things. Yeah. You couldn't do deep dive internet searches and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So 
I just remember being – I think I bought it. That's Essentially, that's what it, that, mean, that meant to me at the time is that if you're obsessed with it, you buy it so you can watch it at any time. Not sure how many times I watched that videotape, but I really enjoyed it. When I saw the trailer for the upcoming Ghost in the Shell movie, the live-action film, I was fully prepared to be like, this is going to be garbage. This is going to look like crap. I was – Legitimately surprised at when it ended about how interested I was in seeing the film all of a sudden. So, uh, well done, trailer directors. Right. But that's another movie. I, I'd yeah, want to go back and that. watch the animated film because I haven't seen that. And I've never seen any of the series or the sequel movies. Yeah, I've only seen the very first Ghost in the Shell. Same here. And I, you know, uh, I, I don't like that they chose Scarlett Johansson for the Kusanagi character. I did not know that. Really? <laughs> you didn't know that they did? That's a, it's like it's a huge controversial on the right? internet. Yeah, oh. it's super cur- Yeah, I it's, t- it's absolutely, it's called whitewashing. You know, it's yeah, basically sure. taking yeah, a character yeah. that's supposed to be of <laughs> non-white and putting a white actor in there. And like, I think when it first happened, I was like, mm, yeah, that's kind of fucked up, but whatever, you know. Because honestly, movies are a business, and as much as I would like them all to be artistic endeavors from the get-go, you know, you got to sell those tickets. And having Scarlett Johansson, who looks almost naked in a couple of scenes, I'm sure is definitely going to sell mm. some tickets. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that was a huge tangent on <laughs> on other stuff. So uh so I'm just curious, you've only seen Shin Godzilla once. Would you would you watch it again for more analysis a, a more analytic like mm. take or would you just be like no, you don't need to see it again? Probably not. Yeah, no. No. Okay. yeah okay. it's it just was it, it was just a drain. It was it was kind of boring. It was a bummer. But I mean, I I would be open to seeing it again down the line at some point. But like no. <laughs> no, you well, I guess from Shin Godzilla, I no. guess not. But I, I don't need to. I don't feel the need to rush out. You know, there was a time when the movies would come out, and I would, you know, rush out to get the bootlegs. Sure, yeah, like yeah, yeah. The Heisei series, I was getting those bootlegs, and then when they were legitimately released, I got those legitimate releases. Like I was on top of that. I wanted that stuff. But you know, like the Shin Godzilla. The 98 Godzilla, the 2014 Godzilla, those are movies I don't need to revisit. Those are just yeah. the bottom of my list. So, All right. Well, hey, man, now I know. <laughs> no, I'm really glad that we talked about it, though, because well, yeah, it, was, I mean, it was it bummed me out that you guys weren't able to make it to the discussion yeah. and that, mm-hmm. that that discussion, that was a three-hour episode. <laughs> Brian and Rachel's voices were nowhere in there. So. so I'm glad to at least get to talk to you guys about it. Yeah. It, I would say that it, at least it's unique, you know, it sure. was, it was mm-hmm. total unique take on the, on the story. So, you know, for somebody that's going to work for somebody like me, I just look at it. I'm like, Oop, wrong. <laughs> and yeah. I know that that's my Interesting. preconception, but I'm sorry. I've, I've, you know, I've, I knew I've known about Godzilla since before I could read. Yeah. So I have these ideas in my head of what it should be. No, dude, so. that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like, at the end of the movie, I was like, well, that's not what I typically like in a yeah. Godzilla movie. Um, I just appreciated what was, what was served to me essentially. Yeah. But like, <laughs> honestly, I, I, like I said at the episode, I am still waiting for someone to create the perfect Godzilla movie. And I was yeah. really hoping that it was going to be, but clearly I got to wait for somebody else to come in and want to do like the classic tale. Sure. It doesn't have to use classic kaiju, you know? 
unless they really want to bring Varan in and, you know, make me super happy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I I want to see I want to see more. I'm excited for the future. Are you excited for what's coming out of Toho? Like, are you oh, yeah, interested sure. in the animated film that's coming? Oh yeah, totally. Even that's, though that's entirely CGI. Yeah, I mean, I would totally be into that. I I've heard very little about. It. I don't I don't pay attention to upcoming movies. Yeah, I, I don't really do that. Spoilers. Either. We live in an age now where it is nearly impossible not to be spoiled, even in like small innocuous ways mm-hmm. like even seeing the trailer for shin godzilla i was like wow that looked like a lot of meetings i hope the movie's not a lot of meetings <laughs> and then i watched it and i was like oh it it was just like that trailer that I saw. <laughs> the so trailer did not lie even that was too much like even that trailer was too much but, that's understandable yeah. that is that, yeah so uh jumping back to the japanese film discussion thing mm-hmm. outside of kurosawa outside of kaiju films are there any sort of like genres or like films specifically that you were you rachel are battle like, royale oh yeah Battle oh, Royale. yeah, a good one. yeah. That it's, that's the same director of the green slime if you're a uh t- I did not know <laughs> yeah that. it's the same dude All right he also did a star wars ripoff called message from space nice yeah how so. do you feel about battle royale 2 i've never seen it it is garbage yeah i, I have it spoil that for you i have it on the it. disc I have I, the disc I bought came with part one and part two, and I've never bothered to put two in because I've always heard like, oh, he, I think he he passed away early on. Yes, so his During son finished yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. so that's so a, for that's a listeners out there that are not familiar with Battle Royale, this is a movie that came out in the late nineties, I think, late eighties, like early nineties, something like that. Uh, definitely was late nineties, yeah, almost okay. positive. If, if only there was some sort was, of like worldwide web of information yeah, yeah. I could access. Mm-hmm. Right now. I, actually, I think it's ninety nine. Now that you say that, but All right now we have to look. It now up. we have to look it up because you know I saw this movie at the same time that I was seeing movies like The Grudge or mm-hmm. Juon, you okay. know, and and The Ring. And I'm fond of those oh, 2000. Japanese 2000. Japanese horror yeah. movies. The Japanese no, horror too, genre. I'm I'm a big fan. I love The Ring. I love Juon. You know, I thought those were really fun movies. Those are really neat. Yeah. Um, so all of these things, all of these old older Japanese films, I've been trying to revisit in my limited time. And so far, I've felt pretty good about being able to watch some of them. But definitely the Kurosawa films. Mm-hmm. I need to see the problem with the Kurosawa films is they're all long. So I yeah, can't just like yeah. put on a quick, <laughs> quick Kurosawa well, joint, you know, Yojimbo Kurosawa joint. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, Yojimbo is like uh, an hour and 40 minutes or so. Sure. But, but, but for, yeah, unfortunately I mean, like, I've seen Yojimbo so many times sure. because Yojimbo is also my favorite Kurosawa. Yeah. Film, you know, oh, yeah. like, I like Seven Samurai. I have a huge amount of respect oh, for that film. Yeah. It is a wonderful piece of cinematography. So good. Uh, but Yojimbo is fun. And it like, is, you know yeah. how I love fun Godzilla mm-hmm. movies? I love Yojimbo. I, I totally love the way agree. Toshiro Mifune sizes up the situation. <sighs> so good. Rubs his scruffy chin. So good. And then makes his decision on what he's going to do. It's yeah. just really, really cool. If you have not seen Yojimbo, definitely check it out. Oh, I mentioned earlier that they were on Hulu. Yeah. They moved over. The Criterion has their own deal with a uh, streaming service called Filmstruck. Okay. Which is a bummer because I'm not paying for Filmstruck. Yeah. Like, and it's not even Filmstruck. It's like you have to pay for Filmstruck and the Criterion thing is a separate mm. thing if you wanted to mm. stream that stuff. So, boo, mm. bad yeah, call, lame. Criterion. While was, they were on Hulu, though, I watched a movie that Kurosawa wrote called Snow Trail. Okay. And the music was done by, uh, oh no, 
help me out. Akira Ifukube? Did I say that wrong? No, you said that right. If if it was done by Snow Trail? Snow Trail, I believe, is the name of the film. Um, Now I'm double... I'm I'm uh, second guessing myself, but, but he didn't. Kurosawa didn't direct it. He didn't direct it. He wrote okay. the screenplay. But okay. uh, if Akube's score is later reused in Rodan, oh, so you get to hear the earliest version of it, kind of a prototype version of the Rodan marches appear in Snow Trail. Very cool. Very cool. I always love finding that DNA in an older movie, especially when it comes to like soundtracks, because mm-hmm. you can find little DNA pieces and earlier soundtracks. I'm like, oh, that became this later, and it's so neat to find those. Oh, yeah. And Japan has kind of, I guess they sort of have a different take on soundtracking oh, yes. movies than yeah. we had here in the States. So, like, back in the day, in the 50s, in the Showa, classic Showa-era stuff from Japan, they didn't sit there and watch the movie and then score the music to mm-hmm. the movie. They Basically, the, they would independently from even seeing the film write a whole bunch of music and then just sort of like figure out a way to put it together, to put it into the movie, yeah. which I think sometimes works out well, sometimes it does not. Yeah. <laughs> but overall, I mean, like, so that's cool. You've seen Snow Trail and uh, what are some of the other like obscure Japanese <laughs> ones? You know, it sucks that they took them off Hulu. Let me go back to that for a second because I watched some movies on Hulu. And now I have no idea what they were oh. because <laughs> I didn't gone. write down anything yeah. about them at the time. But one of them was like a comedy about spies and assassins. Uh, is it What's Up Tiger Lily? Which no, is, no, yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> there was a yeah, there was a spy movie that came out that Woody Allen kind of mystery science theater. That might be the wrong term. He redubbed everything comedically, and it's called What's Up Tiger Lily. Yeah, but um, um, another. Going back to other Japanese movies that I would recommend, uh, Kwaidan. Oh, yes. Kwaidan is a cla- – yeah, so Kwaidan is another one. That's not Kurosawa, but no, it's just not. a fantastic no, it's just a Japanese, great Japanese film. Japanese yeah. film. Really, really good. I actually bought that one on Blu-ray because it came out recently with added footage. Oh, very cool. Yeah, like never before yeah. seen footage from Japan. Nice. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Yeah, you know what? I am out a lot of beer here. Yeah. So let's take a quick break. You guys okay. want to hear any specific music before we go downstairs and grab some more beer? Can I pick anything? If I have it, yeah. Well, then can I pick a Baroness song? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Unless it's like super long. All right. Well, will you play the entire B-side of... No. Uh... Play both the green and the yellow yes. together, man. Yes. <laughs> play them both at the same time and it creates new secret songs. Oh, my God. Mind blown. Uh, no, I have blue, purple, red, and yellow and green. Let's go with kerosene off purple. Okay. We'll listen to kerosene, and then we'll be right back with some more beer and some more chatting.
before, but basically this guy named <laughs> named Guy, G-A-I, <laughs> Guy-san, Guy has a like device with a ring in the top of it that lights up and then he has these cards, which I've yeah. always thought were stupid, but that's because I didn't <laughs> grow up in yeah. the card era, like mm-hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic the Gathering, etc. you know? Right. So Guy pulls out a card that's got an Ultraman on it and he says, for example, Ultraman-san, and he puts it into this ring and then in this sort of crazy CGI environment, Ultraman shows up and then he pulls out a second card Taro-san or, uh, or, uh, ah, Tiga. And then he'll stick that in there. And then Tiga will come on the other side of him in this CGI world. And then the two Ultramen will fuse together and Mm. he becomes this sort of fusion of those two Ultramen, which sounds amazing, right? Like such Mm -hmm. a cool idea for, for creating a new Ultraman out of other Ultramen. Mm. (laughs) And so- yeah. The problem is that they do actually have to physically make an actual suit that has the characteristics from both. So he really only goes through a few transformations like that. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. like, I want to say Ultraman and Tiga and then Taro and Mabius or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, I, mm-hmm. I can't remember which yeah. ones they are, but the idea of it was really cool, but limited because of they have to physically make it. Right. Right. And I was like, oh, it's a bummer. You can't see more. And then towards the end of the series, he grabs Ultraman Belial, you know, and and I'm sitting there watching the show and totally invested in it and going like, (laughs) ah, dude, guy, that is not a good idea. He's Uh a bad guy. (laughs) It it was just kind of funny. It's a, so for the listeners that have just started joining us, I was talking about Ultraman Orb and how much I've been really enjoying it. It's comedic in a sense. Less so the Ultraman battles and more the the human drama. Mm-hmm. And there's no science patrol. They there is a science patrol called the VTL, mm-hmm. but the science patrol, which in the original series is the SSSP, is called yeah. the Search. Ah, shoot, something search people or I don't remember what it is, but it's like it's not an official organization. It's this group of friends. That try mm. and basically go monster hunting, nice like uh, like tornado hunters, right? Yeah, like, that's and great. so they <laughs> they've got one dude who's like super crazy smart, and he comes up with all these inventions, and another dude who is always filming things, and then the chick who's in charge of things, who basically takes care of them all. She's sort of like their mama, basically, mm. and. It's really fun. It's totally – and you, the only times you ever see the VTL, the actual science patrol group, is when the girl who's in charge of the SSP, it's her uncle who's a member of that team. And so he shows up every once in a while. He's like, all right, everybody, back to what you're doing, back to what you're doing. <laughs> it's pretty funny and it's it's totally worth watching if you haven't checked it out yet. Nice. Ultraman Orb. Sweet. I would I would suggest Sweet. it. Is it on like Crunchyroll? Or? It is on Crunchyroll, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Where were we amongst the things that I wanted to discuss? Uh, oh, yeah. I talked about this. Let's see. Can I come up with a segue? So yeah, Ultraman Orb, uh, is coming, uh, is, is currently finishing, I think it's, it's airing run in Japan. 
which is too bad that it's not going to be airing when I'm in Japan next month. Ah, no, no, that wasn't too that, good. Yeah, it was a little weird. That's <laughs> eh, a fucking yak attack. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to have the good segues on this this kind of episode. But yeah, so uh, I'm going back to Japan Sweet. next month. Yeah. Next month is the Kaiju Cast Fanvasion where I'm All taking right. the listeners over. So I'm looking forward to it. We've got a pretty good group of people. I'm, I'm actually kind of hoping that uh, that no no unforeseen things happen and everything goes off without a hitch. But uh, we've got a week in Japan planned where we're going to do some really cool cultural things that I've never done before and some uh, some classic tokusatsu-like stuff that we nice. have done. We'll definitely be going to the Gracery Hotel. Actually, oh shit, I didn't say this. Nobody knows this yet. Uh-huh. We actually booked a night in the Gracery Hotel in the Godzilla room. Oh, uh, so nice. We're going to sort of split, you know – not so that one person doesn't have to foot that entire bill. We're going to split right. it up a little bit. I think we're going to record basically a Yak Attack episode, or maybe not a Yak Attack, but basically we're going to record an episode in the Godzilla room. Cool. Nice. There yeah, you go. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. If you can't tell, I'm super excited. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just That was one of those things I was like, I guess I'm never going there because it's like 500 bucks a yeah. night. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But uh, we're going to basically have a party, and, nice. and it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. Heck yes. So why aren't you going on this trip? Because we have no money. Oh, yeah, yeah that's no a, that's important. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have money to go. Yeah. And we need extra money because uh, not only do we need money to get there, but once we do get there, I'm going to go to Super Potato, the video game store, and then you'll never see me again. And I'm going to spend all of our money there. <laughs> you should tell me where that super potato store is or help me find out where it is because I would be surprised if Tiger wasn't super interested in that too. Yeah. And he's going on the trip. Did you guys know? No, yeah. no, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. T-Bone's going to Japan, you guys. Sweet. Awesome. Well, I First, do. I actually think super potato is near uh, like Mondrake. Well, was, oh, I could be totally probably, wrong. But, I'm guessing it's in Akihabara. Yeah. But, or it could be in uh the Nakano Broadway Mall. Just let me know where it is, and I'll I'll try and add it to our agenda. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so we're going to do uh, – obviously, we're going to the Toho Gates to see the Godzilla statue. Mm-hmm. We're going to do Ultraman Street. I think we're going to go to the Lucky Dragon Number no. 5 Museum. Oh, interesting. Uh, we'll go to Katakawa's Gates and hit the um, Shop Majin, the store. This, mm-hmm. Like, basically, it's a gift store there. Hmm. Toho doesn't have one of those yet. Unfortunately, mm. apparently you can get like a Toho jacket, a Toho tote bag and a Toho hat if they let you in the gates. Ah, uh. <laughs> not that popular yet, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, you got to hop those gates. Yeah, Just go that's in. right. You know, it's more about crawling under them there. It'd be hopping the gates if you were doing the, the uh, <laughs> Katakawa. Actually, I did ask my friend Yuriko if she could call Katakawa and see if there was any chance, any possibility that we could get a tour through there because it's kind of a trek to get out to the studio. Yeah. Unfortunately not. She's like, but they do have a gift shop. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's, it's going to be awesome. That's going to be cool. <laughs> uh, what else are we doing that's awesome? You know, I've never gone around Tokyo to see any of the sites that Godzilla has destroyed. So on one of the days, we're going to hit a few spots, a few locations that he's taken out, like the uh, the Waco department store from the first Godzilla movie. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll also be going to the Ghibli Museum, and we are, That's of awesome. course, going to the uh, Kaiju Bar. Nice. Sweet. Yeah, I'm really, really excited about this trip. I'm Which really Kaiju is going to be there? Uh, they haven't announced it yet if there okay. is going to be a Kaiju there, but – 
the problem is I think they usually have those things on Fridays when the mm-hmm. kaiju are there. We're not going on a Friday. We're going on a Wednesday. Ah, okay. It's sort of our little last hurrah thing for the, for the trip. It's like the, the night before everybody leaves. Right on. Yeah, it should be really cool. And um, the the sucky part about it is mm-hmm. that it's the beginning of January because I wanted to hit this thing called Super Festival, right, which is this toy show. Yeah. There's uh, these wonder festivals, which are a, a lot of model kits, which mm-hmm. are amazing. And they're, they look like they're amazing because I've never actually been to any of them, right? Mm-hmm. Super Festival is more about toys, and I typically have toys surrounding me. So I thought that Super Festival would be my first stop there. But it's uh, January 7th or 8th. Yeah, January 8th is when Super Festival is. So I was like, okay, well, we need to go there right at the beginning of the year, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) You know what that also did? That also ensured that people are taking their vacation at the beginning of the year instead of having to, like, shuffle things around at the end of the year. Hmm. Uh, You know, when I went with my friends in 2015, we had sort of, like, staggered people were flying in and out at different times. Oh, sure. It was uh, it wasn't difficult by any means, and it was much more relaxed than what we're doing here this this coming year. But um, I wanted to make sure that everybody was like, bam, exact same time together. Nobody misses out on anything because that yeah. that happened in that last mm-hmm. that trip last mm-hmm. year. People showed up and they're like, oh, I didn't go have dinner with Shimhei Aishia because I didn't get in until two days later. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see we'll see how it goes. I'm assuming. There's going to be a shit ton of photos, and of course, like I said, there's going to be the episode that we record there. Um, hopefully, you guys will be able to make it to to Japan at some time. Oh, oh yeah. definitely work, someday. Yeah, let's definitely work on you guys getting back to G Fest. So I know yeah. we'd love to. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that whole money thing again. <laughs> Man, why does <laughs> this I know. operate on this imaginary it's, it's green paper? Ridiculous. I know. And if we go back to G Fest now. You're going to have to go to Wrigley Field. Oh, yeah, that's right. I gave her baseball fever. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm she now got, a sports nerd. She got way into yep. the baseball playoffs. I can so. name multiple players. And, name uh, all of them. Yep, okay. Jimmy Canseco. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Johnny think he Rocket. plays for the Cubs. Uh, oh, Brian, Brian kind of messed up because he got me really into baseball when the Cubs were doing really well. And not the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm from St. Louis. So, oh, and so yeah, now he's like, yeah, now you didn't make me a Cardinals fan, so you kind of messed that up. That's all right. All yeah. baseball. All baseball is good baseball. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, so I'm a Cubs fan now. She got yeah. teared up. Mm-hmm. Nice. I did. Yeah. So, so this is because for listeners who don't pay attention to the sports ball. Oh, yeah. The Cubs won the, the World Series. Yeah. Yes. For the first time since 1908. Mm-hmm. That's impressive work, Cubs. Yeah, way to go, Cubbies. Yeah, go Cubbies. <laughs> See, that's, that's what right. my that's uh, my company that I work for. Their headquarters is in Chicago, so nice. ah. we actually had people visiting during that the well, some of the games, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and they were like, they kept saying Cubbies, and I was like, oh, that's what Chicago calls the Cubs. Yeah. Interesting, interesting, mm-hmm. but not so interesting that I could build an entire episode out of it. No, <laughs> that's okay. Well, I'm here now Someday. when you can. <laughs> Yes. Let's this, talk more about this sports this, ball, you guys. This is oh, the yeah. baseball episode, everyone. Buckle <laughs> in. Yep. Swing and a miss. <laughs> Godzilla is a baseball player. So. Yes, that's true. That's Hideki Matsui. Yeah. He's, he's uh, in Godzilla. For the Yankees, right? He did play for the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. And Brian, he's in for Tokyo the, SOS, or he's in oh, Mechagodzilla. Mechagodzilla. Yeah. He, uh, he also played for the Yorimuri Giants in 
Japan before coming to America. Are you aware of the Daimajin player? No. There is also a baseball player who has been nicknamed Daimajin. Oh, oh that's, yeah. awesome. oh, that's sweet. Cool. Brian got a Japanese baseball team t-shirt recently yeah. as a gift. Hanshin Tigers. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, because uh, Kazuhiro Sasaki is his name. I didn't know that. I think he <laughs> played for the uh, the Mariners. Is that the team up Seattle north? Mariners, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he played for them. Cool. Yeah, the Mariners were owned by Nintendo, and they had a lot of what? Japanese. Yeah. What? A lot of Japanese players. The uh, Seattle Nintendo. Mariners were owned by Nintendo. Technically, they still are. They're for sale right now. Oh, so. should we buy a baseball team? Yeah. You'd like to and move them to Portland? Yeah. Let's sure. do it. <laughs> are you a fan? Are, are you for Major League Baseball moving to Portland? My God, yes! Oh my, my God! God. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be awesome! Wow, what would the Portland team be called? Uh, the Mariners. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. There was a team called the Mavericks, but they were a minor league team. Okay. All right. So, isn't that a basketball team now? The Mavericks. I think yes. so. Okay. Dallas Mavericks. I think I don't. Once you get outside of baseball, all my facts start getting real, real Oh, shaky. so you're you're a one-sided sports ball yeah. lover. I, I see how things are now. Look, Brian. I'm an obsessive nerd, <laughs> not just a general nerd. I'm an obsessive nerd, so I don't know anything about anything, any other sport but baseball. So. You are not well-rounded like a not hundred-sided die. You are not well-rounded because you are a ten-sided die. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, really struggling with the with the uh, references there to the different die. If you couldn't tell, <laughs> people that don't like baseball have shut the podcast off. A That's long okay. Time ago. <laughs> well, they're gonna miss our giveaway. Just kidding. We're not doing a giveaway in this episode. Oh, everyone just what? They turned the volume back up. <laughs> that was a dirty trick to get you to turn your volume back up, listeners. The giveaway is a high five through the radio waves. That was that. That's what that was. I tried to do it at the same time as you. I didn't time it right. Well, that's okay. You know, we yeah. don't have to. It doesn't have to be a big win like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, not to put the pressure on you guys. Uh, I know we're sort of dealing with the end of the month. We're almost here, essentially. Like, any chance you guys are going to show up for the Dragon Wars Daikaiju discussion this Later this month. Oh, I don't. I it'll don't have even to be, have it. It's, it's not on the schedule. Oh, yet. okay. I, I was like, I don't even think I. It'll have be during the week, so I got my fingers crossed that you can make it. But um, yeah, possibly. It's, yeah, it's not. all about trying to schedule things at the very, very end of the month. Oh, speaking mm-hmm. of scheduling things, because check this out. I'm going to be gone from the fourth through the fourteenth in Japan, so that actually kills the uh, idea of doing the emergency broadcast at the middle of the month. So we're actually, oh, right. we're probably going to have the emergency broadcast towards the end of January, maybe even the beginning of February. I'm not exactly sure. Okay. So you're going to be in Japan for my birthday. Yep. I see. I see. Well, it must be celebrated with Pigmon. Well, the ninth, January. You know, I must say, yeah. how many times have I been to Japan and not brought you something Pigmon back? It has not happened yet. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So... <laughs> so. Uh, I was just throwing it out there that, you know, it makes sense that you're there to get Pigmon things for me. So Belated birthday slash right. Christmas Pigmon. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's perfect. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm exactly. not trying to get your hopes up, but that toy show might yield some really awesome things and maybe one mm. of them might be a Pigmon. Who knows? Oh my God. We shall I see. So. I, you know what? I, 
I know what to expect only from watching a couple of videos on mm-hmm. what Super Festival is actually like. But those are very targeted videos. Like my buddy Brandon, who used to run Tokyo Toy Fiend, he mm-hmm. went to Super Festival and all these videos. And he basically not only did he like kaiju stuff, he also liked the sort of like urban vinyl stuff. So there's a lot of yeah, footage yeah. of all of these tables mm-hmm. selling a lot of really insane looking monsters and people mm. and heroes and stuff cool, like yeah. that. I yeah. think it's really cool, but it's. I got to draw a line, you know, because I can't just start collecting weird <laughs> right. stuff that yes. I think looks cool. I used to be able to do that. I used to say, oh, yeah, I only collect what I like, you know. And now it's true that I only collect what I like, but I, I have to just really narrow that focus down. If I see something in the store, I'm like, ooh, that's a cool insert pop culture thing. I don't just automatically buy it because I think it looks cool. I, yeah. have, to, mm-hmm. I have to sort of wean myself i had to sort of wean myself off that stuff i mean you guys remember i used to have like superhero figures up here and stuff like that yeah yeah the monsters ate them all they did mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you just have yeah. ultraman so I'll get, I'll get you something nice for your birthday sweet yeah <laughs> all right yeah uh what uh what are you guys expecting in 2017 do you have any kind of cool things that you're looking forward to in this next year in general or in general in general um. Uh, oh yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Cut. <laughs> uh, I uh, uh, none of her friends listen to this podcast. I'm gonna be an aunt. My sister's having a baby, so congratulations. Thank you. So, uh, I, that's that'll be fun to make stuff for the baby. I'll probably make a little monster stuffed animals. Maybe you can make like a little uh, Kamatakun Godzilla plushie. Yes. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. So I can make it little things that my sister will hate. It'll, it'll work. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually, so for Christmas, I we I have, was I for the first time? I think for the first time I became an uncle a few years ago when my mm-hmm. youngest brother had a kid. And so this kid's going to be at Christmas and uh, I was like, ooh, should I be the guy who's like, here's your first Godzilla toy? Right. Yes, you should, <laughs> the is the is answer. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Should, yeah. yeah, totally. So, yeah, that's – so that's – I'm hoping to be the cool aunt that uh, introduces the kid to um, awesome sci-fi and monster stuff. Good. Yeah. Well, she's yeah. already got favorite aunt status from my nephews. So. Yeah, I do. So, mm-hmm. so I, I'm, I, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm going to retain that. Nice. Pretty sure. Yeah. You had the cool Actually, aunt. I have no doubt. Knowing copy. the other, real the other, uh, <laughs> and knowing the other the competition. Picture, yeah. The competition. I'm going to retain that. No status. chance. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Headshot. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right on. Well, uh, what, like, but, I, I guess, yeah. I'm so earlier I mentioned 2017 and I know that, uh, Things 2016 was a shit year for a mm, lot of reasons. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brian. But the Cubs won the World Series. I guess. Is that really what taints it for you? Just brings it back up. 2016 was a win, buddy. <laughs> I did enjoy the Cubs World Series. No, that's I know. Cool. Yeah, that's the one. Small that's victories. The one, positive the one bright thing? moment. Small victories. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I, I don't know. I thought that the highlight, you know, maybe that's what we should do. Instead of what are you looking forward to from 2017, what are some of your highlights from 2016? 
Uh, I, actually, could give, I could give like toy highlights. <laughs> one positive thing is with the passing of Bowie, people, I, I noticed that uh, people had said that they got into Bowie and that made me feel good. Okay, that's cool. So, mm-hmm. When a big artist like that passes away, that can get people to pay attention to it that didn't pay attention before. So anyone that discovered David Bowie in the last year, welcome. It's, uh, nice. it's good times. Nice. I, yeah, we had uh, a lot of celebrity deaths this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was not cool. But yeah. unfortunately, that's sort of like where those people were at for the most part. Yeah. I think Bowie was a pretty big shock to a yeah, lot of people. I mean, I didn't. really crazy. Some of the people that are passing and, away have led long, long, successful lives. Yeah. And I feel great for them for that. But like Bowie, I definitely did not expect him to, uh, <laughs> to yeah. pass away. My favorite Bowie thing ever was uh, one of those stupid – memes that says I didn't think that David Bowie was holding the fabric of the universe together but <laughs> gestures grandly <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally yeah. so who are you looking forward to dying in the t- <laughs> just kidding 2017 <laughs> hmm there's a lot one. of no 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 I let's think. not go that far <laughs> let's not go down that road uh, I, remember I'm... I want to keep the, the yak attacks positive right right, right, right. everything will be yeah. great don't worry about it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Again. Blind devotion to 2017 already. I've been very impressed with this year. Uh, Stay yeah. positive. Yeah, it'll all work out. We've got, you know, great friends and fun podcast and Godzilla. And we've got, you know, Pigmon. Pigmon still lives on. Pigmon still lives on. Yep. Pigmon always lives yep. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess... Wait, how do you feel about uh, Kong Skull Island? Not, not, not no? it. I okay. saw the trailer and I was not very impressed. I was not impressed yeah. until uh, John C. Riley showed up. And then I was like, okay, well, it sounds like it could be fun. <laughs> <laughs> that made me go in the other direction hard. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's funny. It was like uh, a, that's to funny, me, that but... was like a parody of Dennis Hopper's character from Apocalypse Now. Yes, and, yes, yes. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, boy, this is not the tone for me. This is not my style. <laughs> There's Actually, there... I watched the original King Kong this morning, actually. Oh yeah, I yeah. love that movie. Yeah, yeah, there were things about it that I was watching because uh, I was working while it was yeah. on, and I didn't notice them before. But like in the village, the actually the entire village scene on Skull Island, yeah. from when they arrive and meet the natives, all the way to when they leave, that makes the movie. To yeah. be perfectly honest, that I mean, the stuff that happens in New York is great, and it's yeah. it's classic. But mm-hmm. the stuff that happens on Skull Island, oh yeah, that oh, shit is tight. Like I really love all mm-hmm. the stop motion monsters, and um, I think for awesome. the like the, even the set design, right? The set design of the village, which is where I was going with this. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I had never noticed like the awesome gigantic sculptures that they had made. I'm sure of foam, but mm-hmm. like still really cool monster designs, like yeah. carved into the surfaces and stuff like that. It was. Uh, I don't want to say it gave me a new perspective on the film because it didn't take me that far into it, but it just definitely gave me another level of appreciation oh, for yeah. the original Kong. There's a there's a moment in the original Kong where they walk around a stegosaurus who's been mm-hmm. defeated. And as a kid, uh, I was I, I had books from the seventies Kong. From, right, yeah, Because yeah, I, yeah. I grew up in, like, basically the eighties, but I had so many seventies references because I have an older brother and sister. Um so I had a lot of 70s Kong stuff 
for an 80s kid. And one of the books had like a breakdown of how some of the special effects were done in the original Kong. And that's one of the first things I can remember reading is reading about that stegosaurus, how they shot that scene. Oh, cool. And yeah, it was one of those moments where it's like, oh, and obviously it's stuck with me to this day. I love that movie. Was that rear projection where they? Yeah. 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 yeah they're nice. walking around. They're walking in place. You can totally, once you know what it is, you can totally tell what's going on. Yeah. They're like walking in place around a, a rear projection. Movie. <laughs> but yeah. It's just read it. I've read that book over and over and. Uh, it was just one of those early moments of your childhood, something hitting so perfectly where it's like, oh, I'll love this forever. So that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I think I, well, we've never talked about King Kong too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me. We've never talked about King Kong too much on the show. I actually, I'm not a huge fan of the original. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like it and I obviously I consider it's, uh, it's merits as a classic because made in 1933, well yeah. before any like amazing, movies you know of of giant monster varieties at least yeah. and i can appreciate it on that level and i appreciate it on some levels as a film that was made in 1933 but when you compare king kong to the godzilla films for the most part i don't really see a good connection to them yeah. with yeah. the exception of well king kong shows up and <laughs> king kong versus godzilla and king kong escapes yeah. obviously those right but like yeah i just don't I don't consider King Kong a kaiju still. And it, yeah, that actually has less yeah. to do than uh, – less to do with my definition of kaiju as Japanese kind of thing and more about the fact that it is a giant gorilla and there's yeah. no shortage of giant gorilla movies. It's true. That's true. He's not He's not towering over buildings. He doesn't have that same vibe as the kaijus do. So, But in – the village tack, he is towering over everything and he is bigger than life. And that is what sort of makes, that's why I think I probably love yeah. that scene so much. And they, they mm-hmm. built a actual like quote unquote life-size version of like his bust up of yeah. his chest and head. And that was used for close-ups. And so he could eat them so villagers. So he could eat villagers, <laughs> yeah. He was like, ah! <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man, I love that movie. Yeah. I can't, I'm actually looking forward to covering that one. Yeah. Uh, there, obviously, you know, we're going to redo the Daikaiju discussion in a chronological fashion. And, man, I got to say, like, the I, I've been talking about it for so long, it kind of seems dumb to continue talking about what, whatever we're going to do when we reboot it. I really want to take a more analytical approach to these films and mm-hmm. do a little more of juxtapositioning the film against what was happening in Japan at the time. Oh, I feel great. like, you know, I'm just going to say this for the, for the first several years of the podcast, I kind of felt like it was, I didn't know what I was doing. And, you know, specifically the Daikaiju discussions, like I think we started out the discussions without any kind of real format. And then we narrowed it down to the, what did you like? What didn't you like format, which is basically the <laughs> lamest version of a <laughs> critical review of a movie. Like I like this. I didn't like this. So in the future, I need to come up with something cooler and something better, something that's going to set it apart so that you could, you could still listen to the final wars episode that we record the very first Daikaiju discussion, yeah. potentially, mm-hmm. I don't know. And then you could also listen to the one that we're going to record 50 years in the future or whatever, <laughs> you know, not that 50 long. Years? I was just kidding. That was, is that how long my contracts for? 
<laughs> uh, you, I forgot to tell you guys, I, I upped your contracts. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> Don't worry, I have doubled your pay. <laughs> <laughs> I just sign everything. That's my weakness. <laughs> yeah. You, that's everybody did it, man. They just clicked accept on the terms and conditions of the kaiju cast. <laughs> they clicked it. I had Co-host. to sign in blood. What the? <laughs> well, that's because you were at living out of state at the time. Uh, okay. I'm making all of this up, of course. Uh, anyway, yeah, I really want to do something different when it comes to the next round of these things, and I think it would be cool to sort of give it a little more of a like detailed commentary vibe mm-hmm. without it being well, not a commentary, you know, yeah. episode. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. The, uh, Stuart Galbraith wrote a book about Toshiro Mifune and Akira Kurosawa mm-hmm. and it breaks down each one of their movies that they worked on together. And to preface talking about the movie, he does talk about like the state of Japanese cinema at the time. And that's extremely helpful to an outsider. So, what was this? Uh, he was talking about the state of Japanese cinema during Mifune's yes. career. Okay. So like movie by movie, as you go forward, like he would explain like this happened and this happened. And, okay. And there's a few like major breakthroughs. The uh, Rashomon uh, is the first uh, Academy Award for foreign film. And that created that category. So we paid more attention to foreign film in general. Really? After that moment. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. So that kind of stuff. Exactly. Let's like, talk about that kind of and, stuff. And yeah. you take it for granted now because you're like, well, there's always been an Oscar for best foreign film. And that's not the case, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, And that you can find stuff like that up and down the line. As crazy as it sounds, there what didn't used to be an Oscar for special effects even, you know. So it's crazy. It's crazy, man. Well, uh, I mean, I don't really have anything else that I need to cover on this particular episode. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? No, I don't think so. Well, you know, Brian and Rachel, that seems like the perfect time for us to end this particular episode. And what say we end it with a request from a listener? No. Okay. I was <laughs> waiting for some kind of response. There, it's okay. Uh, let's see here. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah, so let's end this up with a request from Sean Lopez, who wanted to hear actually a song called Meta Taro from a band yes. called Baby Metal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're going to play a Baby Metal song. It's uh, obviously a first on the Kaiju cast, but that's why we're doing this on a yak attack. Keith Foster just turned it off. I'm sure, and that's fine. <laughs> Adios, Keith. We'll talk to you later. But uh, for the rest of you that want to stick around, the reason he requested it is that this song is a reference to Ultraman Taro. Uh, and then he goes on to say it's a great song from a unique band who are the first of their kind. They pioneered the musical genre of kawaii metal or cute metal. He's, a, he's been a Daikaiju fan his whole life and over the past year got sucked into the gravity of this band. So this song was a nice nexus point for him. Uh, actually, and technically speaking, I got sucked into baby metal earlier this year. I don't know how the hell it happened, but I had listened to the band and I was like, yeah, okay, gimmicky, that's cool, but that was it. And then I started listening to this album, which is called Metal mm-hmm. Resistance, and started finding more merit in it. And then I went back to the first album and I was like, okay, damn it, I'm a baby metal fan now. So and watch videos of them performing as well, if you haven't. That to me, that sold me more than sure, yeah. 
Okay. So, uh, okay. Well, I'll have to talk to you about something after we stop recording because I don't need this to become the baby metal post episode. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're going to go ahead and close things out with this song. Thanks for listening and thanks for you guys being here. I really appreciate yeah, you, you showing up. Mm-hmm. Oh, we tried to do this a couple of days ago, but God damn it, Oregon, you and your freaking weather. <laughs> iced yep. over. It snowed and iced over and everybody mm-hmm. got stuck. So nobody could come over on Thursday night, which made me super sad. But here we are Sunday being the rock stars and uh, pioneers of podcasting that we are. Uh, <laughs> thanks again for listening. We'll see you for the next episode. Until then, Jamata. <laughs> Oh